October and Grand Yesterday was a damn good day for me. Yeah, yesterday was fun. It was cool. Yeah, our uh, our buddy Dave lives in Michigan now, from St. Louis, and uh, we met him through the uh, convention circuit of people. Yeah, we've been friends with that dude for a while. Yeah, it all all happened at a, a drunken whorehound. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he came by last night. We hung out and watched some. Uh, really crazy movies and uh had some beers and shit that was cool but uh yeah october time is the best time of year and i gotta be honest i think that this is the perfect movie that was my thought like when we started thinking like what do you want to do for halloween we usually do something i was like i don't want to do like we covered most of the there's like a few i think offshoots that i want to do but it didn't have time to really dig into them. I was like, dude, Tombs of the Blind Dead is like the most atmospheric fucking movie. It's perfect for this time of year. Absolutely has nothing to do with Halloween, but it's like just the atmosphere of this fucking movie screams October, fall. Just that's, I've always looked at it that way. Yeah, it really does, man. Um, Every aspect of the movie makes it perfect for this time of year in the Midwest, like where we're at now. I mean, right currently right now it's like raining and pretty, uh, I don't know, like uh, chilly, I guess. It's pretty crisp. It's a little crisp, yeah. We got the leathers out and we shit. We have the fucking, uh, I have the frost advisory on my phone. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, dude, this movie, uh, I'm glad that, you know, we finally got around to doing this. I, I actually have to be honest, I have to brush up on uh, the last two sequels of this series. Because I don't think I'm very familiar with them. The first two, for sure. This, The one that we're covering today and then the sequel are always going to be great. But I definitely want to check out the uh, the other two sequels uh, sooner than later. Yeah, they, uh, it's solid. solid. Uh, I just would call it franchise. I don't know. It already says like trilogy, but it's not a fucking trilogy. Solid collection, we'll say. Uh, but it does kind of stem the fall off towards the end. That's or what just, I've heard. It's not as great. Yeah, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard from people. Um, but I would I would consider this a franchise, mostly because the same director and writer did all four, and composer, and the composer. Correct. Yeah. So, it it, and that's with these movies, the way they're directed and written, and the way the score rolls out, makes these movies as great as they are. So yeah. to have that in all four entries is essential for I mean I would consider it a franchise yeah for sure um do you remember like I'm gonna jump right into do you remember the first time you seen this movie I knew you were gonna ask me I, that yeah because man. you asked me that all the time and I never remember well because I'm, I'm thinking the of, first time I've seen uh, uh I honestly don't know the first time I saw this um I think it was later on uh but for the longest time the first few times I've went to watch it, I never saw the entire movie. I'd only ever see like the bits that basically happen at the beginning, with uh, when she jumps off the train and ends up in like <clears throat> the knights come back, like that 
whole section. I saw that so many fucking times before I actually watched the. <laughs> was able to see the full movie. I gotcha. Funny enough, uh, I was. I, I would say realistically, about eight years ago, I think I seen it for the first time. Just this one. Yeah. Uh, the the second one I seen, like way later. Uh, but the. <laughs> I, I happened upon a band called Moss, and they had a EP called The Tombs of the Blind Drugged, and the artwork was hand-drawn, and it was these fucking skeletal hooded fucking corpses coming out of these crypts, and it was so fucking cool, and then like I, I seen this movie, Tombs of the Blind Dead, and I assumed by the sound of the band and the aesthetic of the artwork that... It was inspired by this movie, so I had to check the... Yeah, man. I was like, okay, well, because just the thought of that EP and what they were trying to get across, I guess, with their imagery of the music and how slow and crushing and everything it was, I'm like, man, this movie has to be great. It did not disappoint. It was... I love this fucking movie. This, this first one is just classic. Oh, absolutely. And that's one thing people, people bitch about. Oh, it's a slow movie. There's not much to it. It's nothing going on. It's fucking slow. Nah. I would say that people that say that those things, they can't be fans of like House of the Devil. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I guarantee <clears throat> when I was younger, if I were to see this movie when I was younger and was really looking at just for kills and just that type of just visceral imagery, I probably would have thought the same thing. Yeah, I it's, it's yeah. kind of like when like a when you're younger and you're first getting into music and you like you know you like one style, anything <clears throat> that's not that style sucks. Correct. And then it's, when you finally get older, you're like, oh wow, I was a fucking idiot. For sure, yeah, because you know, and if I would if I was to use up thirty seconds of this uh, episode, I would say that <clears throat> I had a conversation with a, a good friend of mine about posting pictures of VHS tapes on social media. And he was hesitant he's hesitant about doing that because of the whole clout thing. Like people think you do it for clout. Let me just let me just clear this up before we carry on with this. Fuck those people, okay? The reason I like this movie is for the reasons that people that say they like horror and are into horror for clout or whatever the fuck it is they get out of it. Fuck that. They don't understand atmosphere, score, cinematography. Like, these things I appreciate, as you do. I know it for a fact. When I watch this movie, I think I get more out of it than someone who would just say, look at the VHS tape I found at the flea market. No, this, even if I found it at the flea market and watched it, we're doing this episode because of the appreciation that we both have for a movie like this. That's dated 50 fucking years ago. That's still... It's pure fire. It's pure fucking fire. They don't make them like this anymore. So I just wanted to say that I would I would stand and defend this movie till the end of time because of the movie itself and what it offers, not how cool my tape looks on a fucking post on Instagram. That, that you know what I mean? Fuck off, people that are saying that you're doing it for like validation i get like fucking 20 likes on my post i'm not getting any valid i promise there's no validation <laughs> fuck off and the 20 people that like my post are real motherfuckers that are cool and understand you know it's those people that are like look at the tape i got with this ass shot those chicks that have like the 2000 likes and shit to each their own 
I would consider that a clout post over me in my living room with my cats. Okay, so if you're just doing like a normal fucking post, you're not setting up a goddamn photo shoot with like lighting to get the perfect fucking like framed like. No, if you're just like here, here's my fucking. This is what I'm watching right now. There's like two different types of posts there. Every once in a while, I'll have a stack of tapes that I pull out that I'm watching. It's basically just sitting on my coffee table or next to my TV. It's like, this is what I'm watching today. That's pretty much about it. I'm not setting the fucking mood with, like, fucking ambiance. Yeah. And I'm not... It's not like I'm just pulling down my heavy hitter tapes. Like, oh, I'm watching this. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to clear that up. Uh, (laughs) I definitely do not like candles and pregame for a fucking picture of my tapes. I take a picture of a tape with a beer next to it because that's what the fuck I'm doing right now. You know, it's like... But I enjoy it, like, you know, it's just like, it's my thing, dude. It's it's a hobby. And uh, I have a circle of friends that enjoy the same shit that I do, so there's that. But as far as this movie goes, um, I the, the thing I wanted to point out first before we dig into it is that the writer and director, Amando Di Asario... Mm-hmm was 100% influenced to make this movie from a, uh, based on a legend from the 1800s. Yeah, the um, El Monte del... was it? El Monte de las Animas? Something like that? That's why I left that up to you, because I would have butchered the shit out of I it. probably still butchered the shit out of that. I had to look it up. I think that's what it was called. Yeah. Uh, at that, it, which, you know, we're talking 1800s, so there's no film. There's no... It was a legend. Just a fucking story. Yeah, man. it was a legend and then uh, Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. And he took those two things and it inspired him to make this first movie that spawned three sequels. And uh, considering Night of the Living Dead 68 is my favorite movie ever of all time, I would definitely hold this uh, movie high in regard of like being a good, just a classic fucking classic horror movie. Yeah, this has to be um, one of the first films that are like totally like inspired by that was trying to kind of do the same thing but do the same thing but in a different way it it wasn't just like hey this is let's do this and just change the setting a little bit it was they just took the idea of it and totally twisted it to something else yeah i also read uh uh, around that these these uh templars aren't considered zombies in certain it's a weird fucking thing. Right. Like, they're not technically zombies. It's like they were fucking, like, trying to get, like, eternal life. Fucking, they they went from, like, the fucking being, like, Christian Templar knights to, like, hey, we want to, like, we want eternal fucking life, man. So they started <clears throat> doing sacrifices and worshiping devils and became a thing, man. They kind of took a sharp left yeah. from what they were <laughs> initially. Three years removed from the fucking peace movement. Came, came back from fucking Egypt with the fucking like onk. <clears throat> that, that was our symbol now. It's like eternal life and fuck you. We're gonna kill people. Yeah. Well, three years removed from the hippie movement at the making of the movie. The actual movie is way before the hippie movement. I'm just saying, like his vision for this movie was like not a happy one. It was no. it was that of fucking like sacrifice and fucking. Um, occultism and shit like you know but I mean I would consider them to be um, zombies I guess but not in, not in the fact that most people universally would think of a zombie no but that, that kind of throws in like a weird thing in there too because uh, later on in the movie the, the I, always, I always mix up the two Virginia and Betty 
Yes. And I always mix up which one jumped off the train. I believe that was uh, Virginia, wasn't it? Um, the two that are at the pool in the beginning? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was Virginia. I could be wrong. So she jumps off the train. She's the first one kill- killed. And then she comes back to life. Yeah. Right. So right. it's kind of lends credence to the whole zombie thing. Uh, but it's like so fucking re-am- weird. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's a weird thing, which kind of, it makes sense at the time. Like, there wasn't this whole blueprint to go off of yet. It was yeah. kind of doing your own thing. Like, yeah, he had Night of the Living Dead that he was inspired by with the, the the story from the 1800s. But he's kind of, like, doing his own fucking thing on that. It wasn't anything that was like, oh, he can't do that. Like, this is fucking, what the hell is this? There it's, were no rules. Yeah, no rules. Dude. Nobody knew what the fuck. It wasn't, it was what it is, man. And yeah. just, it, it got accepted. But, yeah. yeah, that to me, that makes, like, why'd she come back? Why didn't anybody else come back? correct yeah true and and to point out the confusion on betty and virginia the the movie that jared jared and i are doing this episode about was in subtitles and that's not an excuse it's just it's a little different when you're no, i've watched when, it when there's a com when there's an exchange of I've watched it with both i just always forget who's who yeah but i just I, always forget who's who i don't really pay attention to that i just I, I haven't never paid attention to that, but I'm pretty sure it was Virginia. I should know that because we're doing an episode about this movie, but it's different when you're reading subtitles and you're like, and then, you know, I'm paying attention to the way shit is shot in atmosphere, score, uh, tension. I'm weird like that. I pay attention to shit like that, especially in the old slow burn movies like this. It's like you, you want to get more out of it than just an exchange of dialogue. You want to pay attention to the surroundings how it was shot if they're focusing in on the background maybe that you know i'm just weird like that so yeah but onward with that yeah she jumps off the train and then is reincarnated like yeah yeah like it's a i don't know so basically the story to just get the premise out there is these fucking uh, girl meets up with her friend on vacation and then she's there with her her guy friend so they're like, hey, let's go take this train ride up for the weekend. And um, so they do that, and then Betty and Virginia, fucking whatever, she's, Betty's or Virginia's, like, all still, like, they were in boarding school together and had some relationship going on. She still wants that, and she gets jealous of the guy because the guy now wants Betty. So that's why she jumps off a fucking train in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it's and so, that just, yeah, that kicks things off. Yep. With a bang. No pun intended. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that whole... Uh, which, you know, in, in, in a sense, that whole uh, scenario is completely useless for... Uh, it's just like a, a side story to the actual meat and potatoes of this movie. Yeah. Well, like the whole... The, the, their whole background. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, well, the, it was, like it, the they, love triangle they thing. They needed something to get... Correct. Yeah. One of them to that village, which was abandoned. Everybody knew the the lore. Like, you just fucking don't... The train conductor wouldn't stop the train when the, his son saw her running off. He's like, you don't stop here. This is not happening. Right. Which, uh... There's a reason. Well, I mean, the reason is that, but then it kind of... The, later on in the movie, the kid stops the train and gets killed. Yeah, yeah. And then you also, you know, have um, waitresses telling you that all the things you've heard are old wives' tales to scare tourists away from polluting 
socially polluting their, uh, you know, their uh, living space or their uh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's they kind of uh, this movie's it has that okay. So there's that backstory which is kind of just to get them there. Then they come in and firstly before I even get to this, so the dude and then Betty. For some reason, I would have thought that they would have just grabbed their shit and jumped off the train as well. They decided, nah, and just took the train <laughs> to yeah, where it stopped. Good. She's good. And then uh, decided to come back later. But so they're, they're talking to the doctor, who's like the, who like knows all the fucking history about him. And then the one like <clears throat> detective comes in and basically like, yeah, your son, who's fucking you haven't talked to in a couple years, runs a smuggling ring, and we're pretty sure he's just killing people and. Acting like he's the fucking knights, like the knights' lore, because that kind of does the connection of. They're trying to like. The whole connection with the story and yeah. whatever. But okay, so, once Betty gets killed or Vir- Virginia gets killed, which okay, the, that whole scene when she goes, and she she shacks up in the fucking, in the castle. And that kind of sets. This is what sets the whole fucking mood of this movie, <clears throat> when yes. everybody says it's atmospheric. It's her by herself, kind of like getting warm, turning the radio on, getting ready to go to bed, and reading a book. Basically, yeah. And there's no words spoken. Nope. For a good ten, like it feels like ten minutes, and then just like the graves start shaking, and there's like this wind, and it's like all fucking fog over an old graveyard, and they just rise up, and I guess there's a stable that has. Horses that don't die. <laughs> that are waiting for Templars to get on yeah. them and ride into the sunset. Yes. But the whole, that whole, the way it's shot, they do the slow motion for when they're fucking riding the horses, and that's very well done. Fuck. And then just, oh, man. she hears something and goes and opens a window, and it's just one of their, just there. And then you just see, it's kind of... I see where people say it's kind of funny, but I, I dig it. You just see, like, the skeleton hand reaching through. Yeah. Like, it just it, it sets up fucking everything. Like, the, the the visuals, the atmosphere, the sounds, fucking everything. And yes. Then, That's a very tense part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Because when you're watching it and that whole thing happens, especially after the ten minutes of no dialogue... And just you're just watching her basically relax yeah. in, in a remote environment, like in a cave, essentially, right? And then and then they, they you know they they come out of these fucking tombs and the horses and then the slow motion and all that. And then when all that happens and she fucking then she gets away kind of she Almost. Well, the whole like almost getting caught, getting away, almost getting caught, like uh, you, you like uh, anyone, like you gotta understand. I, I'm just trying not to be so fucking nerdy about this, but god damn it, that whole part of this movie is the reason I love this fucking movie because the you know some of these people I don't think they appreciate the tension and like how that was shot because you're like really. Is she going to get away? And she fucking does. And then she gets on a horse, you know, like climbing up the fucking ladder, crumbling rocks. She's going to fall down. I mean, you know, and I've seen Burial Ground before this, which is was filmed after this. And that definitely, I think, borrowed from this with the 
the hands, the visual of the zombies, whatever, and then almost getting, and then not, and then almost, and then it's like, man, that's so fucking killer. And then, you know, she, she gets on a horse, and you're like, she's good. She's not fucking good, dude. No. That's grim as fuck, man. That whole, th- oh my God, like when that first fucking knight gets off the horse... I'm like, it's fucking game over, son. Like, there's no fucking... Dude, it's so grim. It's like, yep, she's gone. I thought for sure the first time I seen this, she was good to go. She's she's gone. They're good. She's going to tell somebody. And then there, I, I'm thinking there's going to be an overtaking of these knights that are going to, like, overtake everything. So there's going to be demise anyway, but at least she's good. She was not good. She was not good. Then they find her. Yeah. And she's just fucking mutilated. You know, it's like, holy shit, dude. They find her. What is it like when they get her back to the morgue? Um, fucking one of the the morgue assistants says, like, oh, look how she's dressed. She was oh, asking for it. Like, yeah. wow. <laughs> God, yeah. I get it. It was fucking 72. I know. But wow, man. Yeah. But the, um, yeah, the, like the uh, bite, like the bite marks and the chunks of just fucking flesh taken out. Yeah. Like, Man, and they, they don't show that, which they don't need to, because the aftermath, you're just like, she went through fucking hell, dude. Like, they just completely mauled her and just basically ate her alive, but, like, what was left was... Which you find out later that they, they just, they wanted the blood. Yeah. That, you know, <clears throat> whatever, but then, you know, just, man, yeah. It's kind of like a <clears throat> grandpa from Texas Chainsaw situation. Yes. Yeah. Or a, or a Countess Bathory, right? Kind of thing. But yeah, so. Yeah, so she gets she gets fucking killed after a very lengthy uh, almost escape. Yeah. And then from there, like, um, so they kind of figure out what's going on, the friends. And uh, they, they want to, you know, get to the bottom of it type of thing. Yeah. So the one friend, Betty, she what she does like makes mannequins or something and they mention she mentions she has her workshop which is right next to the morgue she said it's like was it blinded by neon or something like that or hidden by a neon light or something which I think was I feel like he threw that specific line in there mentioning the neon light because they end up she calls her assistant at her shop to say hey lock the doors because they find out that uh, Virginia's body's missing and they think that uh, the doctor's kid came in and fucking stole the body. Yeah, because that was going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. so you think they came in and stole the body. So she calls her assistant like, hey, can you just lock the door? And fucking Virginia ends up being there because she got up and she killed the fucking morgue assistant. And then she stumbled over there. But when they get into that that shop, the lighting in there is just fucking like, reds and fucking the blues from the neon lights like I, I strongly feel he threw that one line in there just to kind of get away with being able to light that without it just being like ridiculous like why the fuck is this building lit like this right and yeah it just sends the whole fucking thing yeah yep yep, yep. yeah because they tried to pin it on that whole like that dude's fucking the doctor's kid who's running the fucking like the the ring of yeah, uh, ring yeah. of thieves and shit. So somehow it was involved in that. So there's like foul play and shit. But and that's where so they end up trying to get a hold of that doctor's kid, which they do. Yeah, and he ends up going with him. Is like they basically say like, dude, they're trying to pin it on you guys. 
and he's they're like, oh, I fucking steal shit. We don't kill people. He's like, all right, well, take me to the this place. Yeah, to help me find my friend, and we can kind of clear both our names here. We can find, well, we can clear your name, and we can get to the bottom. Of what the fuck's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was some hesitance there too, right? Of him wanting to go. Yeah, yeah. At first, he didn't really. He's like, uh. yeah. So, but he goes and. It ends up being like another thing, which kind of want to get into the difference between the Italian and the American version on this. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Because that guy ends up going with him, and then there's a fucking brutal rape scene. Yes. Which, if you watch the American cut of this, you wouldn't know that there was actually a rape scene. Yeah. No, that was completely devoid. Like, right before it gets aggressive, they cut to a different scene, and then they cut back, and it's her buttoning, buttoning her blouse and him offering her a cigarette. So you wouldn't think, you would just think they had sex. It's like, well, I think it was kind of important that this dude's a piece of shit. Like, that should still be in the fucking movie, man. Yeah. Oh, it's night and day, uh, those two versions of this movie. Yeah, so when this movie got released here, it's, okay, so the original cut's 101 minutes long. The American cut is 83 minutes long. Yes. Like, talk about butchering a fucking movie. About 20 minutes missing from the edited They took a scene from the middle of the movie and tacked it onto the beginning, which is the nights from, like, back when they were actually alive, killing a girl and sucking on her blood, which that scene still cut. Like, all the gore, all the nudity, everything's basically cut the fuck out. Yeah. And then they even make things fucking weirder. When it first came over, they tried uh, running it as saying it was connected to Planet of the Apes, and they did it under the name Revenge from Planet Ape. They actually filmed a beginning like monologue thing that explains like 3,000 years ago, this race of apes came and took over Earth, and then the humans <clears throat> uprise and fucking killed them and like poked their eyes out with red-hot pokers, and then... One of the prisoner apes, who was also the leader, fucking said that one day they'd come back. And that was their, like, way to connect the two universes together. So in that version, like, the Templars are fucking, like, just dead apes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, holy fuck. Hey, let me just point out that Jared dropped this piece of information on me about five minutes before we hit record. So <laughs> I had to fucking like compose myself just thinking that this existed at some point. <laughs> I never, I, cause I had never heard anything like that ever. I didn't even know that was a thing. And like, it's amazing. That's fucking, yeah. It basically, they tie, they tack that on <clears throat> to the beginning. And then once that's done, then the, the beginning of the movie starts with like the shots of the abandoned, uh, village, yeah, yeah. So what? What I don't know is because is there was I think there had to have been a different version. So there had to have been the revenge, um, from Planet Eight version, and then the just the normal blind dead version, because the blind dead version starts with the knights alive killing that chick, but then the Planet Eight version doesn't start with that. It starts with the monologue thing, and then just goes into the shots of the abandoned village, empty village. So yeah. there must be like two. Must have been two different cuts. Yeah. Or something. I don't know. It's fucking... <clears throat> either way, they, the American version's fucking butchered the shit. Yeah. Stay away from that if you can. Yeah. Like, just... 
sucks to be you if you hate reading subtitles, but you need to watch the fucking version with the subtitles, man. Absolutely. Watch the Spanish version, how it's supposed to be fucking seen. Like, you're getting the full movie. Yeah. And dialogues, like, I noticed because I watched them back to back for this because I haven't watched the American version in forever. Like, the one scene uh, right, it's like right after the rape scene, and it's the dude and that other chick are walking through. Yes. And he stops and lights a cigarette. And she says something like, oh, you're a gentleman. In the American version, she's like, oh, you're a gentleman, but I like men rougher. What he actually says in the Spanish version, she he offers her a cigarette, and she's like, yeah, I take it. I'd prefer it to be a joint, though. Oh, okay. So it's like they changed the wording there because they didn't want to, I'm guessing, like, oh, drug reference. Yeah. Like, yeah. fuck, man. Which, I mean, shit happens like that, I guess, a lot when you dub a movie and kind of moving, changing shit from original language to dubbed over, but... You could also Come get away on, with playing playing with different dialogue if it's subtitled or in a different language because yeah. you could honestly changing it could you could totally change the, the feel whole, the yeah, vibe abs- the oh, the, yeah. the the character how they are like because you could change all, like, you can basically alter everything a lot they of fucking say absolutely yeah oh yeah like I'm not like, I've been talking about this past like few weeks actually even more than that. How I think from like looking at my phone and working on computer monitors all fucking day, I need fucking glasses. So I've been not watching movies with subtitles because yeah. like I'm having to like squint to fucking see subtitles. I think it's probably because of my living room, my TV's fucking on one side of it and my couch is on the other. So I've been trying to not. So I'm watching movies that are just dubbed, and yeah, it's like, yeah, you notice it. It's fucking. I'm guessing it's the same fucking argument anime fans have with subbed and dubbed but very true yeah which so. I mean, in Italy a lot of that shit it was always dubbed there was no subversion it, it was, that was the way the fucking Italian studios did it very true yeah um, yeah like uh, just side story like Anthropophagus mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there was some altered dialogue in there for different, like the Grim Reaper version, and then the Anthrop, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, the Grim Reaper version's cut. It is, but even some of the exchange of dialogue is way different than when you get the, the, like a subtitled one or a or a, the actual uncut version. Because I have the DVD of the actual full uncut, but I have seen the Grim Reaper version, and I noticed different differences in how they, how the uh, dubbing is, like said. Mm-hmm. Like, like how they say it in more of like a downer way or more of an up fucking inflection. Yeah, the, you know what I mean. So yeah, no, that that was a big thing in Italy. Like, so yeah. So we talking about the atmosphere and one of the biggest parts of that, outside of uh, Asario's fucking shooting and his color palette that he's using, um, that the fucking score, man. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. Fucking Anton Ambril. Yes. That score, he did the score for all four. Yep. And it's just haunting. Like, how it just adds to that atmospheric vibe of this. It just, without that, if it was a different fucking score, it would change the overall feel. Yeah, it'd be a whole different movie, dude. He nails it with this. Especially during the uh, slow motion, like, like horse ride. Mm -hmm. Like, that is so fucking good and I know he he did some other stuff this was what he's known for dude he's done honestly I think he has 
a few hundred, if not more. Compositions. Yeah. I know he did. Um, another one he did was uh, Demon Witch Child. Yeah. And that was the only one that I recognized. He, yeah. He's all over Spanish movies Correct, and TV yeah. shows. Like, it's fucking like he, he wasn't just horror. He just kind of did like he was all over the fucking gamut. As far as like me and like Demon Witch Child is a no yeah. unknown movie here in like you know at some point in America or whatever and I'm pretty sure it's on Tubi I've come across it a few times and it was like a 70s movie I believe but yeah that I looked at his works and that, that was the only one that really kind of sounded familiar but yeah he uh, why he oh wait <clears throat> did he score that cuz I know Sar- Sario directed that I think that I might be getting confused on that. I one. don't know. There was. I know one... Sario directed. I'm assuming um, Ambrose composed it just because we've worked together a lot. I looked it up before he, before we started this, and there was one of his films that I did, but it had like two alternate titles to it as well. I think the other one that I'm thinking of that he did, because he also might have done Demon with Shadow. If, if I might not be confusing them, it might have been both of them together working on it. Uh, but he did. Um, Curse of the Devil, which is another 70s. That came out like 73, I gotcha. think. Yeah, around this time. And I think he did another one like 71 called <clears> like, <throat> um, was it Dr. Jekyll and the Werewolf something? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he was all over the gamut of genres. He was just doing fucking everything. Yeah. Yeah, the score in this movie is, and the score in The Return is, is, yeah. is great as well. Yeah, so. Uh, and and without without the score, like you said, it's, I don't think it hits as hard, you know. And uh, with the score comes the visual, and a lot of this was shot in Madrid. Well, some of it was shot in Madrid. There's some Portugal uh, shots, but dude, yeah, the uh, there's some of the shots are fucking incredible. Like the village shots and mm-hmm. like the background when people are talking and shit. Just man, we're not talking green screen shit here. We're talking like actual landscape. A yeah, beautiful the, the actual shots—they just pulled. They got some really good fucking shots for sure. Area, yeah, and you know what? It's like eyeball. You know when they, when they're like sightseeing and shit, and you you really get to take in like you know that part of the world. It's fucking cool, man. So yeah, <clears throat> it was shot and it was shot really well too. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure who the cinematographer was on this, but I mean, neither. I didn't even it. look. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, it's it. Yeah, it's great shit, man. Um. So, the okay. So, the one thing I will say that I think the American version, the American cut of this, got did well with that. The Spanish version just doesn't. I don't know. I don't like it. The very, very end. She's already gets rescued, kind of from the train, Mm -hmm. and then those people walk in, and she screams, and it freeze frames. Say so in the American cut, she screams, freeze frames with her screaming. You can still hear like the people getting slaughtered on the train, yeah. And then it just cuts to the fucking skeleton hand, just like slaps against a wall, and then ends. <laughs> the fucking original Spanish version, all that she screams and freeze frames, but then it does this a fucking shot of basically a model train oh yeah and then it does a pan out and there's <clears throat> two fake like 
model train looking characters that are supposed to be the conductor and her standing there. Oh my god! And then they the do black a fucking white Norman Rockwell, a huge fucking like big pan out to show the whole thing, and then it does the skull hand, and then it goes to the credits. Yeah. I'm like, dude, why the fuck did they keep the the miniature Mister Rogers looking fucking landscape? Oh, like man. that's what it looked like. It looked like fucking Mister Rogers neighborhood. <laughs> Like, yeah, when he walked out the back door and had the whole, like, uh, society of, uh... Like, the beginning of Mr. Rogers, where it's, like, the train coming through, and it's, like, a, like the actual neighborhood. That's what it fucking... Like, it's the train, there's this little conductor character, the fucking little fucking Betty character. Like, what? Yeah, I mean, Get I Get rid of that, just that, and amazing, the whole thing. Yeah, true story. <laughs> like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this movie was like ending right when you got here, and you like pointed that out, and I'm like, yeah, that is a little uh, cheese ball. This seriously, bit. like, the first time I saw it, like, threw me. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, because when they first show it, all you see is the side of the train. I'm like, that looks like a fucking model train. You're right, right. And then they pan out and over, and it's like, those that is a model train, and those are fake. Those are like Lego characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're doing it too much justice. Like, since you pointed that out, I'm thinking in my head, like. You're doing it way too much justice calling it a model train. That's a fucking toy choo-choo. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, why would they? Why would that be in there? I mean, were they like, you know what? We got about 45 seconds of footage we need to splice in here. Let's make it work. My thought is they he wanted a fucking, like, pull-out shot. And yeah, it was maybe. like maybe they threw that in after like we don't have we can't we can't get this together to do it like we'll fucking make it work yeah yeah right who's got the fucking model trains he's got the fucking weeble wobbles oh good god man fucking uh... <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah your kids you you won't understand this but your kids are gonna love Eureka's Castle <laughs> <laughs> it's like hey who's got the kids we need the fucking, we, we need to go through their toys Jesus yeah. That's the only honestly. That's my only complaint about this movie. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, and it's such a minor one. Like who could, at that point, who fucking cares? Oh, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of a little bit of a dud. Um, aside from the other dud, which would be the entire American released version. Oh my god! Like so much. Like that's a miss. All for the sure. gore, all the nudity. Um. It's like listening to a radio version of a Dr. Dre song from The Chronic. Yeah. What's the fucking point, dude? The beat's cool. Like, I get... But cut, I, can, <laughs> I, I can get... I can understand cutting out a rape scene for the most part. But yeah. But that totally changes the dynamic of the characters. You don't under, you don't get... Because with that gone, you don't fully understand that that dude actually was a piece of shit. Right, correct. Yeah. Because it totally plays out like nothing happened. And well, you think that he was, oh, he was misunderstood. He was, he was just a thief. Yeah. Like, yeah. no, he was actually a piece of fucking shit, dude. He just raped this chick. Yeah. So when he gets it, like, it's totally deserved. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that that completely paints a different picture of his character and the movie mm-hmm. altogether. Like, the takeaway you get from the movie is way different. Yeah, so. Well, it's like, a, you said Bob, like, remember watching it, but then bought the... Uh, American release. Yeah, he was like, I remember seeing this, and it was a fucking amazing movie. This doesn't seem that good. Yeah, well, he, yeah, yeah, and then, and then, he, he knew, yeah, my friend, he knew that the uh, the actual uncut version was what he knew, and then found a copy of the American version, not knowing it was different, and was like, this is not the same movie I remember and didn't like it as much and then I found a copy of the uncut 
and gave it to him for his birthday and he fucking almost cried because he loves this movie so much and that is the difference between the American version it's and a the 20, Spanish dude, version. Dude, there's a it's it's, <clears throat> it's one thing when it's like yeah, they they cut it to down 2 minutes. Okay, there's probably maybe like the gore scenes aren't as long. Maybe they cut out some dialogue. Yeah. 20 fucking minutes? That's like no, man, like you oh you're cutting God. out a bunch of shit. Like this isn't just trimming down dialogue to make it like fit a time constraint like. Yeah. Holy shit. The only movie that I can really think of off the top of my head as a reference, like, say, like, Intruder. Like, I have the VHS oh, of Intruder. Yeah, yeah. It's still a redeemable movie with the cuts that were made. It's still the same movie. It's just, if you can find the DVD in the uncut version, it's way better, obviously. But I can still pop the tape in and still enjoy the movie. This is not the case with this because they're two totally different fucking movies, man. Like, yeah. It's two totally different fucking versions of the movie, and I would suggest watching the American version for contrast purposes. Like, it's just going to make you like the the Spanish version even much better. But a lot of people, you know, don't like the subtitle gig and whatever. Which I don't. I've never understood that because reading is not that hard. Um, Dude, it blows my mind. I I guess it. I wouldn't say it blows my mind, but I'm so just used to it. I'm like watching like Me Asian too. horror and Spanish Italian horror. Like subtitles, fucking doesn't. It's nothing. But then there's people who are just like, oh, I gotta. I don't want to watch subtitles. It takes me away from the movie. I have to read instead of seeing the movie. Like, no, it's really not that hard, man. Right. Yeah. Well, like, okay, say like a uh, little sidestep that uh, we were talking before we started recording that movie Dream Home that just got uploaded on Shutter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were talking about that years uh, ago. Yeah, I, I seen it four or five years ago on IFC, like in the middle of the night. And that's subtitled, or I'm pretty sure it's subtitled. Some parts are subtitled, some are dubbed. I think when she's a little girl or whatever and she's talking with her dad, that's subtitled, but they're looking at the dream home from a distance, Mm -hmm. so you don't see their mouths and shit. But then when she's older, it's dubbed. Anyway, if I would have just disregarded the movie because the first 15 minutes had subtitles, I would have missed out on an incredible fucking movie, right? So it's like... I'm used to it, like you said, and bad dubbing I'm used to as well. Yeah, some people are like that, though. They just can't do the subtitles. They can't do... I've heard people say they can't do dubs if it's a language that's different from English, like to the point of it 100% doesn't sync up. Like how, yeah, like, I mean, Some on. languages, like, in, like certain languages, like different languages, but almost like shit matches up. Like a sentence will be almost the same length type of thing in one language as it is in another language. So when you dub it, their mouth moves for almost the same amount of time as the dubbing. Other languages aren't that lined up. So when you do a dubbing, either their mouth stop moving before the dubbing or the mouth keep moving after the dubbed line. Some people said that throws them off and it takes them out of it. And I'm like, that's, I don't know, man. It doesn't bother me. Not it, a, it doesn't. <laughs> can you imagine just never caring about Mad Max because of the dubbing? Right. And that was in English. But he had a thick Australian accent, correct? Uh, at that point? For Mad Max? Yes. Wasn't yes. it? Was it, He was Australian, right? Yeah. I don't think it was... Yeah, the, what the fuck's his story? I don't think he was born there. I think he moved there. He was born somewhere else and moved to Australia, lived there for a long-ass fucking time, and then eventually moved to America, and then didn't have the accent anymore. Yeah, because in the, it, I, I guess when they filmed that, he was headed like this really thick 
but he was saying America. It was coming, but it didn't speak in English. Yeah, but it's dubbed and like to to, to throw that movie away. Like the first Mad Max is cinematic history. Like, how would you be like? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, fuck the dubbing. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I only watch Thunderdome because yeah. It, like, come on, dude. Like, no, nah, man, I can't. Uh, and you know, um, not to. Well, yeah, yes, absolutely to bore you guys. When I was, seriously, when I was in elementary school, Channel 50 in Detroit had Kung Fu Theater. Mm -hmm. I brought this up a hundred times on our podcast. The dubbing on some of those movies were so bad, but I, the movies were, the fight sequences were so good, it didn't fucking matter. I, so I lucked out because I'm like, wow, look at these fight sequences, even down to like Bruce Lee movies. The dubbing didn't... I don't give a fuck. The, the subtitles, I don't give a fuck. I know what's going on, and the fight sequences are killer, so... See, there's the thing. If if <clears throat> it's something you started looking or getting into or watching when you were younger, you probably are fine with it. Yeah. But we're talking about... like A lot of these points I'm getting are from people who... They aren't even really into like underground horror, more obscure horror. It's like Hollywood blockbuster movies mm-hmm. so when you were trying to get them to see fucking something that's not that and if it has a bad dubbing they're totally taken out of it if it's like yeah. anything lower production than like a 500 million dollar movie yeah. they're like whoa this is fucking really shitty and cheesy this is horrible yeah so it's i mean it's kind of like i don't know to take it for what it is i just feel like what is it the director from parasite I think he said it like the Oscars or something. Like, yeah, if you can get over reading, if you can get get over reading uh, the first bottom of the screen, you'll find uh, a bunch of great movies or something like that. Yeah. He's talking about like subtitles and yeah. like how American audiences need to get the fuck over themselves. Yeah, and that just started a whole. <coughs> I remember reading comments on like news sites, which, dude, you want to see the <coughs> dumpster fire comments outside of YouTube videos? Go to like local news and like just news sites in general. And read their comments, dude. People were. I don't give a fuck about it. if you want it being viewed here you need to fucking film it in English oh my god <laughs> god that's so stupid man it just completely overlooks uh. the actual essence of a movie if something that minor is going to keep you from yeah for, and that's coming from me who appreciates film as much as I do even the grimy ass horror films foreign films from other countries that are definitely not in English whatsoever. And even sometimes in their language, the way it's dubbed or subtitled is slightly altered in translation. Yeah. Certain so their slang would be one. different than ours, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like they're saying something in a roundabout way, which would be a slang in there, but they try to convert it into like our slang. Like, I love that though, because that's cool because it's like, yeah, you know, come on, man. Like, people suck, I guess, when they pick apart shit like that. That sucks, dude. But, yeah, anyway, uh, <laughs> definitely get the uh, get get the subtitled Spanish version yeah, of this get movie. get the OG Spanish You have to. Yeah, you have to, man. It's the way to go. And it's <laughs> yeah. uh, readily available fucking between, between Anchor <coughs> Bay and Blue Underground. Yep. There's been multiple releases. I think Anchor Bay actually just did a uh, just restored it and did a fucking like 4k release I think really I believe they did or they're doing it I can't remember I have the Anchor Bay or not the Anchor Bay I got the Blue Underground releases of it 
That was 2000 and... Or 2000? The Blue Underground ones? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I think Anchor Bay did it first. Yeah, it was 98. And they released the DVD as well as the VHS book book slips, which is what I have. But then I think a few years later, uh, they did the Blue Underground thing. And then at some point after that was the uh, Blind Dead collection that came in the coffin. Yep. Which was all four of them. Mm-hmm. And I believe those are all on cut, I would imagine, right? Yep, they have both. It has the... Uh, the oh, okay. The uh, American, American version, version. Okay. American cut, and the Spanish cut. Ap- ap- excellent. And, uh, yeah, to, yeah, and if, if you're one of those people that don't like subtitles, if you're that person, enjoy the American version and that shitty version. You deserve that. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I go to your funeral, I'll throw the American version in the fucking coffin so you can be buried with it, with that shit version of this movie. You can, you can be buried without the 20 minutes of amazingness that is this movie. Because you missed out, Jack. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so yeah, and just to let people know, there is actually, let's say, for instance, someone listening to this episode has never seen this movie and checks it out for the first time and it changes their life. I'm just, you know, the glass is half full, right? If you are just now getting into this movie or see it for the first time, I would suggest getting the Blind Dead collection because not only is the packaging fucking rad, but you get all the movies in their uncut and cut version so you can contrast. I think it also comes with a doc uh, about the director. Does it? I well, think. Uh, yeah, because, uh, uh, yeah, I believe Bob has that, actually. I think he bought that whole that whole gig. Yeah. Um, he's Yeah, he was a fan of uh, It's this. worth getting, man. Yeah, I, I kind of want to get it. I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to pick it up because why not, right? And it's been out for quite some time, too. Yeah. But there, I thought I read something that there was another release of some sort from 2016 not the uh not the fake thing we were talking about that was like 2015 the year after that there was some kind of a new i don't know if it was a blu-ray or if it was a well i think uh anchor bay has uh is doing another release of them okay i thought there was something from a few years back they they, they released something but it was a year after the tra- the short film. Oh yeah. Yeah, which I wanted to get into. But yeah. Well, yeah, okay. So we just jump into these fucking okay, so <clears throat> yeah, cuz that's They've been used. Important. Yeah, in 09 there was a movie called which I think was an like an SOV film, which I haven't actually seen it, called Graveyard of the Dead that feature the blind dead. Gotcha. I need to check this out. In 08 there was uh was it don't wake the dead, and unrated. And then 09 was unrated. The movie, which were both done by Andreas Schnaz. I always fuck up his name. I think he's the director from who did like uh, violent shit, um, Anthropophagus 2000, Zombie 90, like Extreme Pestilence, like That's German a, just splatter director. Goddamn good resume right there. Yeah, and he's wow. fucking in those two movies. The Blind Dead are in it. Tip of the cap to you, my good friend. <laughs> Holy shit, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. And then there was, I think, in, what was it last year, a movie came out called, like, Curse of the Blind Dead? Yes. Which threw me off when you were talking about the composer that did Curse of the Devil. 
Yeah. Back in the 73 or, or whatever, 71 or whatever. Then there was The Curse of the Blind Dead. What was the short film? The Island of the Blind Dead? That, that I'm not did? sure. Like some know. lady put together a short film, and it's the uh, fake or quote-unquote unofficial fifth installment of the Blind Dead series called Island of the Blind Dead. And it was a short film, I'm guessing maybe around 15 or 20 minutes long, that I think she was trying to scrounge up some kind of uh, uh, no, like something, whatever she got from it to ride the coattails of the blind dead thing and a lot of people thought that it was actually going to be a part of that series and it had not, it was just somebody making a fucking movie off totally the a fake fucking yeah like yeah it wasn't even a thing so I mean maybe it's cool I've never seen it but it was definitely fucking exposed real quick someone's like yeah I went into this thinking it was going to be a part of this uh, franchise that I love so much but it's not and she sucks for making me think that that's what it was everyone's like dude there's a fifth blind dude, dead yeah, movie if coming she fucking, up if she tried to market it as an official I think that's what, part five basically she's tra- yeah like like uh, notoriety she's tried to scrounge up yeah. like notoriety like yeah, using get pe- the internet yeah get people to fucking uh, tune in based off name recognition yeah, because you got to admit, like this, I can totally see this franchise and especially this movie that we're talking about having a cult following of people that if they hear rumblings of a fifth installment, they're gonna get excited. They're gonna be like, "Fuck yeah, dude!" Well, I mean, that's actually <clears throat> think about it. That's that's a horror movie since fucking forever. Yeah, like they'll come up with another one and just it's basically like sequel and name alone. And the only reason it is that is to put asses in seats. Yeah. Because they're trying to bank off the recognition of the name. Yeah, that is horror. That's that's, you know. And Dave, our friend Dave, that we hung out with last night, definitely coined a new phrase. I'm going to use until the end of time. It's a very carny move. Or you <laughs> see, okay. And the definition of carny is when you're fucking hashing it out with someone at a flea market over a VHS tape, and they get real carny with you on the price, when really they're just under the desk on eBay. Okay, that's a very carny move. We were, me and him, definitely said that we were used to that with the sports card community. Oh yeah, it's definitely a wax pack from '83 that wasn't opened and resealed with a lighter. It's a wax pack. You melt the wax back together. No, we didn't take out the good cards and put commons in there. No, it's definitely an unopened pack from 1983. Carny move. Horror is so carny, it's stupid. And he pointed out the fact that when you go into those merch rooms at like conventions, you get a heavy carny atmosphere there. Couple cool vendors, most of them carny as fuck. I got the the coolest vendors, <sighs> Wasteland. Yeah, no, hands coolest down. vendors are Wasteland. You dude, they'll have <clears throat> dude fucking amazing tapes, and they'll be like, oh well, yeah, I'll let you have it for this, and it's like usually. Well, well below what they could get if they put that shit on fucking eBay. Correct. Some of them, I think, don't give a fuck. Some of them don't want to leave with that much fucking shit. Yeah. I don't want to leave there with this much. Just yeah, let me sell some stuff. I remember how much it sucked two days ago hauling this in. I want it to be a little lighter when I leave yeah. on Sunday. Like, No, and it, just to let you know, Cinema Wasteland, I got that Vidmark New York Ripper for $5, and the guy did not even blink an eye. I dismember Mama, $5. Didn't blink an eye. I got the fucking Greek release <clears throat> of Forced Entry. Oh shit! For like fifteen bucks. 
from those dudes we uh, would buy a bunch of T-shirts from. The old punk dudes. Who never, they never had VHS tapes. I was telling them they're at Wasteland. They got some tapes out. And I'm like, how much is for this? Holy shit. And it was like 15 bucks, something like that. And they included it because it's a PAL release. They included a uh, DVD rip of it. I'm like, I'll take it. Sweet, man. Yeah, and the most, you know, in, in the most um, non-carny move about, uh, like, aesthetic that I experienced from Wasteland was those dudes sold me a DVD of, was it Lunch Meat or uh, one of those? And I'm like, yeah, I took this back to the hotel room, and it's the Wonder Years. <laughs> I forgot about They're like, that. oh, okay, um... I'm sorry, man. Grab another one. Cool. I give them the case with the Wonder Years burn DVD that accidentally ended up in that case, and they just displayed it back out for the next person <laughs> to get it. And I'm like, if that's not the most punk anti carny, they're not. They didn't. They're like, yeah, whatever. Okay, cool. Someone else will get it, and <laughs> they won't. And know I wasn't even mad at them about it because because clearly they didn't do it on purpose. Because their reaction, I was waiting for them to be like, oh man, that he he caught us. They were like, oh, shit, really? Oh, okay. Well, here, take that one. And then I go to walk away, and they're, like, looking at me and looking at them, and then they just put it right back out there. I'm like, <laughs> they're, hoping, they're hoping the next person who buys it isn't going to have a DVD player in their hotel room and not find out until, like, out of Ohio. Game on! <laughs> Car! Yeah, that's what they were like. Yeah, someone else will get burned. That's up. like who the fuck was but it? They didn't What's bring the... it there on purpose for yeah. someone to get that. It just kind of happened. What's that, that one way? tape you fucking bought when you got home and popped that in? It was fucking the color purple and Oprah Jeez. Winfrey pissing on the ground. Oh my god, I was so fucking pissed. It was that dude that wears like the clown pants. I'm I know like who you're you fucking about, man. punk motherfucker, dude. He's like the dude who like who's asking like, oh, what do you got to trade? I'm looking for five five five. Like motherfucker, get yeah. the fuck out of here. Well, what do you? Well, he's like, if you have five five five, I'll trade you straight up for this town that dreaded sundown clam i'm like you're a fucking idiot you know in my mind but this dude burned me twice that was the third time he tried to burn me the guy follows me everywhere i go i met him at the fucking tape eaters in ann arbor five or six years ago and he's like dude i'll trade you this don't go in the woods for the occult experience straight up i'm like well i don't own that movie that's jared's movie he's in the restroom you, you'd have to hash it out with him and then at the end of the day i'm hanging i'm sitting next to this guy all day and i'm like finally like all right man let's get down to brass tacks how much do you want for that don't go in the woods i want it he's like 10 bucks i'm like fuck yes i buy it he leaves and i just have the tape and we're packing up and the minute i take the slip out the fucking flip top just drops and hits the fucking floor it's broke i'm like yeah, okay, I'll put another one on there. I take it home and put the tape in, and there's a line through the middle of the whole movie, like a a tracking line. So the actual tape had, like, a, fucking a run through it. Yeah. And I'm like, you fucking mother... But it was only 10 bucks, so I'm like, okay, whatever. The second time I bought Beyond the Door for $5, and I take it home and I put it in, and it's a fucking recorded, over-recorded, over-recorded, over-recorded... TV version of the color purple that starts with Oprah squatting over a hole in the ground, taking a piss, and I'm like, what the fuck is this, man? Like, and then I fast forward, like, maybe, no, maybe, no, maybe, no, it was completely fucking none of the beyond the door. So, 
fuck that guy. He pissed me <laughs> off. I like how we just talked about how <laughs> fucking everything's squared away and solid at Wasteland. And but that's a carny move. One, that's a carny. We got the one dude at Wasteland that you've bought from like three times. He just yeah. The one place I think I'm safe. Here time. he comes to wreck the day. Like fucking, I, every time I see him, I avoid him like the, like the plague. I don't even make eye contact. He always has boxes of tapes. He too. does, and they're usually good, but there's something wrong with every one of them. I promise, dude. Like you're looking in the box, like yeah, and then he's like yeah, and someone's gonna get fucked, and I promise it's not him. It's not him ever. So fuck that shit. And he's so smart about it too. That's a smart. That's a carny move. It's like the sports cards shows that me and Dave have been going to since we were kids before we knew each other. You go in there and you're like, wow, Alan Trammell rookie. Wow, Ken Griffey rookie. But really, they're carny as fuck and they're fake cards. They're dupes or whatever the case it may be. You think you're getting a Griffey card for 10 bucks, but really it costed him nothing to make a duplicate fake card. Or whatever the case may be, this dude has, he's like, dude, I know that if I put these select VHS tapes in a box under a table, that they have to lift a tablecloth, you get the aesthetic that you're finding a hidden box of tapes, and when you look at the titles, you're like, dude, the town that dreaded sundown, beyond the door, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, you're like, oh, there's some good tapes in here, but the thing is, he, he plucked those out of collections where no one wanted them because the tapes fucked up. And doesn't work. So now you just got burned on every tape that you pulled out of the box. Dude, dude he's banking on the people who <clears throat> buy tapes and just put them on a shelf. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's maybe you're right on that. But he does he does indeed wear clown shoes. I'm not I'm not kidding about that. Like literally the clown shoes and clown pants. So he's easy to spot at a convention. Like I always know it's him, dude. You know? Yeah. Uh, the only thing he's missing is the flower that squirts water in your eye to just fucking ruin your day. That's about that's about it. So I haven't seen him in a while, so I hope he's doing bad. <laughs> Maybe he won't be there in the spring. I hope not, man. I hope he moved to Portugal or something. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that that's the rant about that. Uh, avoid carnies, by the way. <clears throat> but it is a great rush tune. Uh, that's Tombs of the Blind Dead, 1972. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add? I'm trying. I'm racking my head. I don't think I had much more to add about that. Um, amazing movie, though. Atmosphere for fucking days. Yes. Score for uh, days. Amazing fucking score. <clears throat> 100% worth getting. The Spanish version is. Yes. Get the Spanish version. Get the OG version. With um, subtitles. Yeah. So if you don't know the difference and you happen upon a blank copy or something like a burn... If it, if you see subtitles, you're in good. Well, here's the thing. You're good. If it if the movie opens with, oh yeah, living Templars, carrying a chicken, a chick in, not a chicken, a chick in, <laughs> to kill her, that's the cut version because that's fucking that scene's in the middle of the fucking movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as soon as you hear English, yeah, you're you're watching the American cut, so you're gonna probably be missing twenty minutes, and think yeah. the movie's kind of bad. Yeah. So you got to get the OG Spanish cut uh, with subtitles, atmosphere for days, awesome fucking scenes. Um, it's just it, it it's a great fucking movie. Even the dialogue's good for for sub like, uh, yeah, subtitled, yeah. but yeah, even like the dialogue's good. It's not cheesy. It's like it's good. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, all around, it's a well-made movie. Yeah, great. It's awesome, and I'm, I'm sure at some point going forward, we might do either the uh, follow-up to this or just. Uh, the cluster of the other three 
We could probably. I kind of had that probably line. fit the other three in the next in one in one episode. Yeah, why? Well, I, I don't see why we wouldn't. That'd be kind of cool to do, I guess, right? But yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's it, man. You guys definitely check this movie out. I don't know where where you would find it on streaming. I can't see it not being on YouTube, right? I don't know. It I don't know. Be. I haven't looked. It, it, I haven't looked either. I think actually, I know. I think it might be. <clears throat> I think it actually might be on YouTube. Yeah. I, I don't think it's streaming anywhere that I remember that I can recall. But I have fucking Tubi on a Roku, so I only get like 200 movies in a category. So I might be wrong on that one. Oh, it's not on Tubi, I promise. Uh, but it might be on YouTube. Either way, guys, man, it's a great horror. I mean, especially if for 70s horror. It's great, man. Like, step away from the Jallo, everybody on Shudder. <laughs> step away from the Jallo, and let's do some other 70s horror. And we love Jallo. I'm not capping on anybody. Watch as, just watch as many of those motherfuckers as you can, man. But, like, this is good 70s horror. It's good Italian, Spanish horror. And uh, if you basically want to see what, what could have been uh, for people taking notes from Romero. Yes. This is a good, like, don't, this isn't like a copycat of Night of the Living Dead, but it's a movie that definitely took inspiration from Night of the Living Dead and mixed it with a fucking, like, 1800s fucking story. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, and honestly, that, that might be why I really like this movie a lot is because it's not very obvious. It's not like a like a very obvious elephant in the room thing with this, but like maybe the reason I like it is a subconscious thing that like he was one hundred percent inspired by Night of the Living Dead. And that is my favorite movie, so Yeah. The way it's shot, whatever, how the zombies are portrayed, how the how the whole fucking gig like it's it's really good. So I think you guys would dig this movie, man. It's it is a slow slower movie movie, but you know what I mean? If you appreciate horror and especially seventies horror great man so yeah the pa- okay slower movie but the pacing's good yeah no it doesn't it doesn't, doesn't lull you to sleep yeah. never fucking drags no yeah so all right uh i wanted to uh moving on we uh jared and i went to a fucking killer show last weekend did we what did we do we went and seen girth man oh fuck i forgot about the show idiot <laughs> and we seen some fucking choice people that was a party fucking night man that was cool on a sunday night that was a good time, dude. Thank God I have Mondays off because it was fucking Austin's birthday and I'm doing shots of tequila. Fucking uh, Raw Topsy. <laughs> yeah. And Bob Plant on tour from Oakland. Yep. With Girth. Girth. Fucking uh, Bob Plant's like straight like mints. Raw Topsy had fucking like, uh, it's like death grind-ish. Yeah. More of like on the grind side, but there's like definitely some fucking like death metal risk going on in there. For sure, yeah. There was a lot of... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of pick squeals and a lot of uh, long sleeve death, death metal, metal shirts, scratchy logos, Jackson guitars. It was a good time. <laughs> no, I, I that show was fucking sweet, dude. And uh, Girth killed it per usual. Bob Plant was fucking awesome, and so was Raw Topsy. And uh, I'm glad that I decided last minute to get out of the house and uh, hit that up because uh, the bands were great. It wasn't a packed show, so I, we actually had some good uh, one-on-one time with some of our homies. Um, Tavi showed up out of fucking, fucking nowhere. Tavi just emerged out of nowhere. Like, yeah, just came running out of the back, curtains open, and like surprise visit from Tavi. And then she she runs up 
and you know me i i kind of like shape shift every six months i now have a mustache i don't think she recognized me at uh at first i was standing next to you she ran right up to you gave you a hug hey what's up and then she like looked over at me and i gave her like those fucking deer and headlight eyes like <laughs> is that fucking tabby and then she's like holy shit and then she walked like give me a hug and then not 30 seconds later pulls out a burnt offerings koozie like yeah i'm like here we go. It's a fucking party now. So that was cool seeing her. And then uh, we definitely talked horror movies and VHS tapes with her. Oh, yeah. It was fun, night. fun convos with her. Yeah. So um, we're probably going to uh, maybe hopefully have her on an episode at some point. I talk, We talked to her about it. She's yeah. down. Like, she lives in Chicago now. Like, like, you'd have to cruise up here. She's like, yeah. Just let me know when. Yeah. The last time I seen her was when me and you drove out to Chicago for Electric Wizard. I forgot we even saw her there. Yeah, she hung out with us that night. Yeah, um, that was. And then she had—I mean, she had just moved there at that point. She probably was there a couple months or whatever, so she knew the the bar to go to before that wasn't going to be too expensive and too crowded. And then the fastest way to get to the metro. And I forgot about hanging at the bar before the show. Yeah, we were drinking old style. She's like, "Yeah, dude." Like she ordered a Budweiser, and I'm like, "Because she's a beer drinker." Like, like we are. And I'm like, I didn't say anything, but I like ordered an old style and looked at her. And she's like, yes, I'm drinking Budweiser because I've drank my fucking fill of old style since I moved here. Because everywhere you go in Chicago, it's all old style. I think she was just trying to drink something different. Which makes sense because if I eat fucking chicken nuggets for 10 days, I'm definitely going to get a fucking burrito on the 11th. You know what I mean? So, um, But yeah, that was cool because uh, we had a blast with her at Electric Wizard actually. Like, that was fun. Yeah. Um, and that was the last time I seen her, and that was, like, 2015. Honestly, I think that might have been the last time I saw her. Yeah. And uh, we still, like, follow each other on on Instagram and shit, and, like, I, I see her post and shit, but just to see her just pop up out of nowhere, unannounced, was so cool, dude. Like, so it was cool seeing her. Al made it out. Al was hanging from Perversion. Um, dude, fucking trashy drove up. Yeah, he did. I seen him, but he was wearing a hood and a mask, and he came up and tapped me. And at first, I didn't recognize him. He tapped me on the shoulder. But so I was like, "Oh!" And I'm looking at him I'm like, "Oh fuck!" I'm like, "Dude!" I was like, "I was wondering if anybody was gonna drive up from like Lima." Yeah, we talked. I haven't talked to Trashy in fucking forever. <clears throat> he got married like a few months back, so I had to congratulate him on that. But it's fucking awesome seeing him. A couple skates getting back, starting jamming oh, again. Fuck Lieutenant Dan. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's official. Don't fucking don't don't fucking kill me on that but they've, they've been, been posting videos they've been posting live videos of them jamming as a two-piece and if that's the case thank god if not at least they're jamming together like right <clears throat> i actually just followed jimbo three days ago four days ago uh he popped up because i've been liking every lieutenant dan and it's like hey suggested probably the you probably would want to follow the drummer of this band you keep fucking stalking every day right like <laughs> Yeah, anyway, yeah, so I followed him. Awesome. And uh, I really hope that we get, like, a Lieutenant Dan girth couple skate fucking show sometime at some point because that would be awesome. But <clears throat> who else did we see? We seen uh, we, we hung out with Kirby. Johnny showed up later. Oh, in the yeah. Night. End of the night, Johnny just rolls in. Yeah, Johnny rolls in. Fresh off the road. We played in fucking... Uh, was it Milwaukee, I think? Was it Milwaukee? I think they played in Milwaukee the night before, and he just got back. Yeah, he's jamming. The jail was... Uh, jail played. Yeah, jail was out that way. And he was the only one from the band that made it 
to Outer Limits that night. But, man, it was good seeing Johnny. I fucking... We're going to try to get him on mm-hmm. an episode as well. But uh, talking Metallica with uh, Johnny and Slayer <laughs> and shit. Like, I like to pick the brains of like guitarists that make me... F- that I get semi-chubbies when I hear them play. <coughs> He's a big Randy Rhodes guy, but it's like... When you think you're too cool to listen to old Metallica and someone... Uh, at the level of Johnny is like, dude, I still fuck with Ride the Lightning. You're like, all right, I'm still good then. I'm still good then. Like, there's still tread on those tires, man. <laughs> dude, when he was like, yeah, Kyle had fucking Ride the Lightning. We listened to that that tape the whole way back from the show. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds familiar, man. Yeah, that's never <laughs> happened to me before. I mean, you some driving to Chicago multiple times and where that CD never left my car. And you're like, okay, kicking into fucking uh, track one again. Yeah, yeah. It's like that last fight fire with fire. Yeah, one that more last time. ringing out hum of Call of Tulu, and then that first strum. Here we go again, dude. I, I, it's I, I, I only put in music I like, and I don't get bored with music easily. So that shit just stays in. How okay? Here's a good example. How many times did the fucking Devil Master demo flip that one night before you wanted to kill me? Well, I woke up. What's today? <laughs> Sunday. I woke up Wednesday and heard that one. He's <laughs> playing it again. It's no, like after the kidding. fifth time, you're like, okay, dude, this demo's amazing. Yeah. But can we wrap it up? Put yeah. something else on. Yeah. No, we jammed. So it's a, it's, it's not a, it's a short. It's a demo. fucking demo tape, man. Yeah, it was like a fucking eight minute demo, and it flipped over six times. I'm like, okay, cool. I get it. It's great. <laughs> fucking roll something mouse out. Like, come on, dude. Um, actually, you know, the funny it's that you mentioned that I, I jammed that demo the other day because I've been jamming their other stuff, like their little sign. And- yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I was like, man, I'm going to go back and jam that raw stuff that because that was the first time I seen it was at the old precinct with Acid Witch. And yeah, I liked him immediately. Like, fuck yeah, dude. And then, uh, Dick's got the new band, Spider. Yeah, Spider and shit. And, uh, Man, that that uh, Devil Master just rules in general. But uh, yeah, and then on the way home from the fucking Girth show, you put on fucking Ride the Lightning. Like, you know what? Been a while. I think I'm gonna like, all right, cool. Hell yeah, dude. So that was a good night. Austin's birthday. Happy birthday, Austin. Yeah, fucking Emma, Kirby's girlfriend's like, hey, would you want to do a shot of tequila for Austin's birthday? Yeah, like, Emma. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Fucking little little mini mason jars of tequila with a fucking lemon. And then she... I'm thinking that... I, I never did, like, the traditional tequila shot with the lime and salt. So I'm thinking, okay, a lime. So I just kind of squeeze it into the shot and throw it in. And all of a sudden she comes around with the fucking salt shaker. I'm like, oh. Well, well, all right. Just I guess give me some salt. <laughs> oh yeah. You see, okay. Let me let me just let me just tell you guys this real quick. So me and Jared are like hanging out. And she's like, "Do you guys want to do a shot for Austin's birthday?" Yes. Cool. What do you guys want? The cheapest oh, well we whiskey, whiskey that you have. She's like, "Okay, cool." She's putting in the shot order. We're talking to Tavi. We turn around. There's no whiskey. It's all tequila with a lime slice in each one. I've never done a traditional tequila shot either. We were basically like a watermelon on stilts. It was very 
awkward, like an elevator in an outhouse. We didn't belong with the like the, the tequila circle. I didn't know what to do with the lime, so I just crushed it and just stuffed it into the shot glass. And then she just <laughs> randomly splashed my hand with salt. And I, I don't even think that any of it stuck to my hand, but I pretended it did. And then just drank down and then chewed on the lime slice. And that was my fucking shot. So I was like, I just did a tequila shot with you guys. Like, all right, cool. You know, like, we were so awkward. Like, I forgot. They said they were out of whiskey. Is that what it was? I, think, I didn't hear I think, that. I think that's what it was. It was like, oh, they don't have any whiskey. And I, I kind of doubt it because it wasn't a huge crowd. And it's not like everybody there was just slamming fucking whiskey drinks. I'm like, no, that. I'm guessing somebody said they wanted tequila. Like maybe Austin wanted tequila, so they did tequila shots. It was just, just easier to they pour just told ten us. shots of the same <laughs> yeah. thing. So I'm like, dude, they, I don't want to open they two have jars. Fucking well whiskey here, yeah. man. I want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but I don't want to open two jars and dirty God knows how many knives. So I'm just gonna throw some croutons <laughs> in the goober grape and eat it by the spoonful, right? Like, I don't know what, the fuck. <laughs> dude. So. I didn't. I didn't hear that because I was talking to Tavi, and like I turn around and like I'm like, when since what is that a new thing? Do they put lime slices in whiskey shots now? Like, <laughs> and then I smelled it. I'm like, this is not whiskey. Okay, here we go. One, two, three. I didn't have time to process what was going on, and then I just thought like, someone got pissed. Someone said, you know what? No, if I'm pouring this many shots, or the other person, if I'm buying this many shots. It's just easier to charge me the same price for each one and just put the same liquor in each glass. And I'm like, okay, I'm cool with that too. Happy birthday, Austin. Whatever. Like that was that was fucking. Yeah, it's been a minute since I had tequila. Me too, man. And I got like homies that like live and die by it. LB loves tequila. He gets the expensive like George Clooney shit too. Like the George Clooney fucking forty dollars a fifth shit. I'm like, man, dude. I go El Toro. Yeah, little red sombreros a cap. <laughs> El Toro. Yeah, it's got to be clear for me though. I can't do that dark tequila. You can't man. do gold. So, yeah, the gold tequila is fucking rough, isn't it? Jesus, clear's not bad though. Like a clear Cuervo or something, man. But it's like once a in a fucking blue moon that I would ever consider doing a tequila shot for it. Like, <laughs> why would I do that? Uh, okay, so anyway, yeah, the Girth Show was awesome. I don't think we missed anybody that we've seen there. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. That was it, yeah. Oh, you picked up some... Uh, some, some. Uh... Yeah, Mola Death Records was set up there because I think it's members of Raw Topsy run that. And picked up the Raw Topsy tape. I picked up um, the Hong Kong Fuck You 7-inch and two Haggis 7-inches. Yeah. Yeah, you had a handful of gold there uh, at the end of the night, and I was like, oh, shit. I didn't even see the Raw Topsy tape till the end of the night, and I was like, oh, shit, you got that, too? I seen the Hong Kong Fuck You. Uh, was that a 7-inch? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, dude, like, get it. And then, you know, Haggis is always fucking cool, too, so. They're all from, o- like, Haggis is from Oakland, too, so I'm sure they all, like, like do their thing, whatever. Oh, yeah. What have you been jamming, dude? Uh, uh, fucking um, a good amount of King Diamond. Excellent. Like, between fucking Abigail and them, a little bit of um, Fatal Portrait. I just can't get enough, man. <clears throat> Do me a favor. Listen to his album that came out in 
2007? 2008? Which one is it? It's got the little girl in the mirror. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Like, uh, can I go out and kill or some? I don't know. Not bad. It's kind of cool. I was like, uh, I think that was his last release, but I remember when it was like, dude, there's new King Diamond, and that was before I met you. Well, I think Someone gave it to me. They were like, I don't like this. Here, you can have it. And I liked it. I thought it was cool. I think there's been a new release within the past couple of years. Oh, has there? I yeah. saw them just <clears throat> before the pandemic happened. It was like November of 2019. It was. I remember that. Yeah. And I initially wasn't going to go. I like left work and drove all the way because it was in Detroit. I drove all the way home. And I'm like, fuck. And I was able to scram- like, scramble, got a fucking ticket. I'm like, all right. And I'm very much glad I fucking caught him because age has not slowed him down. The fucking sound isn't... It was fucking amazing. That's what you were telling me. What, like, I think you talked about that show for about a week after. It was fucking I kept killer. asking about it, too, because I've never seen King Diamond or Merciful Fate. And I'm definitely more of a Merciful Fate guy. But them is, is my favorite King Diamond album. Abigail is just... It's there, but them is definitely my favorite, and uh, I don't dislike King Diamond in any way. Uh, but Merciful Fate, I think I was always like more leaning towards that a little bit more. But I would go see King Diamond at the fucking drop of a hat, dude. Yeah. So if he comes back, we're we're, we're hitting that shit for sure. Yeah. So listen to that. <clears throat> um, only listen to it once. But I did order it because it just got released. Fucking Split 7 with uh, Blue Holocaust and Chicago Grind Time. Uh, so basically fucking Blue Holocaust is like horror-themed gore grind from France. Kogo Grind Time is like mince grind from Cali. Anime-themed. Yeah. <clears throat> fucking killer. Fucking uh, Blue Holocaust side is called Nilbog Nil Nightmare. Or Nilbog, uh, not Nightmare. Nilbog Attack. Fucking it's all from Troll, Troll 2. 2. Yeah. The whole thing. The whole side is Troll 2 theme. They use fucking samples. They use banger samples. Man. And then, I uh, really do need to check them out, dude. The HGT side is Do You Love Anime Part 7. I dug that record that you picked up. Oh, the last, seven, the last uh, full length? Yeah. It's really good. And Andrew, dude. He does one who does that. He's like a one. It's a one man project. I know that motherfucker <clears throat> does some shit. Yeah, he's part of a. Uh, God damn it! What the hell's uh I forgot the name of the band. They just got signed to fucking I think Relapse. That because that Agu go. I always butcher it. Agudo grind time yeah. is like his side gig, his solo thing. But he's like in a well established band. Yeah, and why? Ripped to shreds. Ripped to shreds. Yeah. Yeah. He just got signed. <clears throat> That's a full band, but he's got that. He's got, um, he just did a fucking, another album. It's just him, like, shredding. It's just a fucking, basically a shred record. Nice. Uh, yeah, he's just a bunch of shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, you showed me that. It was like that, uh, classical fucking. No, that the was. The Neo. That's different. Really? Yeah. What was that shit you showed me? The one that's kind of like, um. Like Maldini mixed with fucking Agathocles. Yes. Or, uh, Archigathis. Yes. Archie Archanini, 
I think it was what it was called. Yes. I always fucking blank I was on like, it. dude, yeah, I'm, was hearing like, I'm hearing like J.S. Bach in there. And you're like, yeah, it's mixed with mints. And it's fucking like, Paganini with fucking mints. Oh, my God. And I didn't even know anything pre-going into it. I heard the first 30 seconds. I'm like, wait a minute. And you're like, oh, that makes sense because this, this, and this. I'm like, okay, I'm not crazy then. But it was still was awesome. Yeah, he's got a different album that came out. The dudes can just fucking shred. That's mm-hmm. all there is to it. Motherfucking can play. Absolutely. So yeah, I've been jamming that. And then... Fucking... Spooky Volume 2, man. Acid Witch, Vault Wraith Split. Finally got my uh, copies in the mail. Jamming the fuck out of that. I heard the second song on the Acid Witch end of that five hours ago. For the first time. Oh, Cinema Wasted? Yes. Yeah. So, this they did two <clears throat> songs. Acid Witch Aside, two <clears throat> tracks. Or Acid Witch songs, two tracks. Cinema Wasted, more of a death metal sound to it. Or more of like a metal sound to it, I should say. Yeah. All about Cinema Wasteland, which is fucking great. Reading the lyrics, it's like, if you've been to Cinema Wasteland, it's fucking killer. Yeah, it nails it. Yeah. And then uh, the other one... It was more of their sound called Jennifer. Yep. It's based off a story from a creepy. I think it was in number seven sixty-five. Uh, creepy sixty-five, I think. Which was a mag. It was a comic. Creepy magazine, yeah. Creepy magazine, yeah. Horror mag from the seventies. Yep. Fucking just bangers. Oh God, yeah. I mean, fucking Jesus. And there was. Uh, a little pre- pleasant surprise, and I'm reading through the liner notes, which I had to send to Steve. I had a feeling you get a kick out of it, so I'm reading like the thanks and were mentioned. I was like, "That's fucking, that's killer." Yeah, yeah. I was actually on the road in the work van on the way out to Grand Blank, and you sent me the picture of the special thanks uh, in the Acid Witch section of the Spooky release. And I'm not sure what I'm looking for, and it took about five minutes for it to fucking, you know, I'm just like buffering, buffering, because there was no signal out there. I'm an hour and a half away from home in the fucking boondocks. Finally, it uploads. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. This acid witch thanks. And I'm looking. I'm like, that can't. There's not There's not another burnt off. It can't be the movie they're thinking. And then I was like, did they? So... I was in a van full of people that don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, what the fuck any of that means, but I basically shit my pants. I had to tell them to pull over, so... No, anyway. Uh, no, it was really cool. I was like, dude, how cool is that? And uh, I'm a huge fan of those dudes always, and they're homies for life, so thank you for that. It's cool that they did that. I was surprised and... Very awesome, so thank you, and cheers to the Acid Witch uh, dudes, and you guys need to check out that... Uh, Spooky Volume 2. It's on Bandcamp, and both tracks are now on YouTube. Yeah. So get on that shit quickly if you haven't. And then the S on the, uh, the Slasher Dave front, he just released uh, the Jack-O-Lantern Murders. Definitely check that out. Yes. Yeah, that uh, everything I've heard from that is fucking awesome. Yeah, and, everything uh, I... I he he kind of everything takes a different path but it stays in the realm of like this is slasher dave oh yeah 
Jack-O-Lantern Murders is a far cry from a jungle rescue or a cannibal death gods, but it's still Slasher Dave, and it's fire, always. He'll do, like, uh, those, like... <clears throat> One some of his like singles will sound more almost like just like like a a beat, yeah. And then he comes in with like a fucking album and it's like straight up like you know this is just a straight like synthed out movie score, but this yep. is just like a straight fucking like Italian movie score. So he's like all over the map of the shit he can fucking do. He nails every all of it. He does, yeah. Because I I got the the impression I got from the hypnotizer um, mm-hmm. gig was like he was just decorating really killer beats. With and throwing samples in there, yeah, you get to Jack O' Lantern Murders, you're back on like it could, for sure, be a movie score. Yeah, like it's, like, exorcisms and shit. But then you got like you know he's, he, it's just whatever he's feeling at the time. I'm I'm assuming. Oh yeah, and it's all good. It's always it's always top shelf. He never disappoints, man. So yeah, new Slasher Dave, and new Acid Witch. Get on that shit. Did you ever hear his fucking um. Home Alone? Yeah. I forgot about... Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That lo-fi Christmas thing he did. Oh, yeah. I forgot about oh, that. Oh, my God. That was awesome, dude. It looked like a bargain bin fucking cassette. <laughs> Kmart out of fucking, a Kmart fucking... I'm like, he nailed that design. He did. He nailed the fucking album, too. I was like, oh, and that came out like in peak... Like, the world's falling apart. Like, yeah. Nothing else to do but listen to New Slasher Dave, and it was awesome. I'm like, I'm jamming that this Christmas, too. I'm jamming it, dude. It's like I'm, I'm getting some fucking Evan Williams eggnog, and I'm jamming Lo-Fi Christmas by Slasher Dave. That shit's fire. And Black Christmas Evil, too. You just put, like, the, the, the fireplace on the TV, turn the lights off. The ghoul log. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever I do, it's going to be that, yeah. Have the Christmas tree lit in the corner. <laughs> yeah, just gonna be like, snuggled up on the couch with a blanket, drinking uh-huh. your eggnog with Slasher Dave's fucking lo-fi Christmas. Put a little Santa hat on Chandler's head, a little string <laughs> under the chin. <laughs> yeah, dude, for sure, for sure, absolutely. Uh, we'll not be eating fruitcake because that shit is horrible. Almost <laughs> got me the fruitcake. Made me so sick. Like a Yule log. Not in the sense that I... Not in the log, like in a sense that... <laughs> no tan lines, Russ. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hey, oh, by the way, uh, we're doing that again this year for Christmas. Like the Scrooge and the... Oh, fucking Scrooge and Christmas vacation? Yes, in Home Alone. Oh, the fucking... Uh, the fucking uh, moose head glasses? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're looking for any last-minute gifts for me, yeah. So uh, we're gonna do that again because that's fucking awesome. So, uh, dude, what do you been jamming? That's honestly, that's all I've been jamming. That's a well, hey, man. That's all you need. Um, uh, well, past couple of weeks, it's been the uh, first two Municipal Waste albums over and over and over again. Cannot put any more emphasis on that. <laughs> Waste them all and hazardous mutation. Good fucking god. Uh, the first two toxic holocaust records. Evil never dies in hell on earth. Good god. And I've also been jamming the last one, primitive or a primal future 2019. 
I heard it. I sent it to you. I shelved it. I dug it back out because I've been in that kind of fucking wheelhouse, and it's a. I think it's a return album for them. Now, I talked to Dave yesterday about like the municipal waste thing, and it's like after the art of partying, they just kind of blend into a weird. They're all good. It's all municipal. I have nothing bad to say, but I mean, like Breathe Grease. What album's that on? I don't know. It's a fucking ripper, though. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. Sadistic Magician. What album's that? On? I don't know. It's one of them. It's good. It they after you know what I mean. A certain point, it's just it's it's all just municipal waste. But to me, those first three had like an identity, and then after that, they just kind of became formulaic. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's bad. I'm just saying. So, but the but the uh, the toxic holocaust 2019 one, to me that's a comeback record. That's my opinion. Uh, Alcoholizer from Australia, the surfer dudes that shred like a motherfucker. Both albums, Drunk or Dead 2009, Free Beer Surfs Up. And if you don't know about this band, at least look at the artwork for Free Beer Surfs <laughs> Up because it's fire. And that album came out in 2014. Some cool party thrash. <clears throat> a band called Gehenna. Thrash band from the 90s. Uh, Hard Rocker came out in 95. That's a ripper. And then Decibel Rebel was 98. Awesome. Acid Witch Spooky Volume 2. Been jamming that. And the album before the last one that Power Trip did, which was Manifest Decimation. I've been jamming that, and that's about where I'm at with music. I don't think I've been jamming anything else. Sticking in that fucking uh, thrashy. Yeah, I don't know why, there. man. I'm not really sure why, because I just went to a fucking grind show, and um, New Acid Witch is out, but just for some reason I've been on that thrash kick for a while, so you know, so be it, man. That's kind of, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, what have you been watching, dude? Uh, kind of been, you know, kind of all over the place. Uh, Night of the Demons. Always got to throw in some fucking, some type of Halloween movie around this time. Uh, I think that's actually one of the few straight up Halloween movies I've watched. Um, so yeah, Night of the Demons. Um, uh, this movie Macabre, 69. Also known as like Shadow of Death and Invisible Assassin. Uh, watch that. It's like <clears throat> early entry in Giallo. Pretty solid movie. Uh, the Police Are Blundering in the Dark. It's like a Giallo from like 75. This is a movie, I came across this years ago, and the only thing I could find about it was on like a YouTube upload, but I couldn't find anything else on it. And my, at that time, I was still doing Manor Video. And gotcha. I was like, dude, I kind of want to do a release of this movie. But I couldn't find like any information on who owned it. And I kind of, at the time, was like, fuck it, dude. I'm just going to do a fucking some bootleg releases of it. Never did it. But fast forward a couple years ago, fucking uh, Vinegar Syndrome announces their Forgotten Jolly sets, mm. and this is included in it. So they fucking did the Lord's work, fucking uh, restored it, fucking released it, and it's fucking amazing. I love this movie. Fucking love it. Um, and then Black Belly of the Tarantula. That's like top fucking tier. I would agree. Um, the fucking score on that by uh, Maricone. That motherfucker, he's done like 500 plus. Dude, he did the thing. Fucking like Autopsy, Spasmo, fucking. Name a Giallo from like early 70s. He probably did the fucking score for it. 
like did fucking shit for Argento and Fulci. Like it, it, he's he's done scores galore. Was he the dude that did House by the Cemetery? Uh, n- I don't think so. Okay, because that was a that was not Frizzy. Yeah, no. Okay, I was just yeah. I forget what that guy's name who who did that, but mm-hmm. yeah. Go ahead. But just amazing score. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I know there's more, but that's all honestly all I can think of. Black Belly, I just gotta say, is top five for me. So good, man. You're the Jallo guy, and so fucking good. God bless you for that. But there's a few that stick out in my mind. That's one of them for sure. Um, before it was on Shutter, like we, we yeah, we, you know, we watched a handful of them back in the day before it like became what it is now. And I remember that one being a good one. And a yeah, that one's ones. fucking. Amazing. Four Flies is uh, up there for me as well. Uh, I honestly think Four Flies might have been one one of the <coughs> first I've ever watched. Me too. Me too. And then uh, obviously the uh, I'd have to say the best one of all time was the uh, Argento, the big one. Bird with the crystal plumage. Oh, okay, that might be there for me bird's fucking amazing yeah i think that might be my favorite of all time uh but i want to watch that that uh that one with you the one you just got i read the synopsis on it i'm pretty fucking intrigued oh um macabre yes macabre or the uh shadow shadow of death visible assassin invisible assassin yeah uh the last one you suggested to me was Death Walks with a Cane. Death Carries a Cane, Death man. Carries a Cane, and I fucking loved that movie. Oh, my God, it was so good. Dude, you see people, like, give reviews, and they're like, oh, this is, like, bottom tier. This is da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, dude, no, this movie's fucking amazing. Death Carries a Cane is... That's what I'm looking for. And, like, uh, Girl in Room 2A, and, like, that, there's there's a certain... I'm, I'm a, there's yeah. a certain like visual or feeling I get when I watch Jallo movies where yeah, there's a lot of run of the mills. It's the same with slasher movies for me, that there's a certain like the way pieces was shot is perfection to me. And I think Death Carries a Cane, Girl in Room Two A, yeah. like they ha- they give me what I need out of that genre. So like I kinda wanna check out the one that you just got though, because that genre is there there's there's a lot of things that fit into the genre that are it's like different. Like, yeah. Like you could have like Multiple different types of movies, but they all fit in that genre. Like you might have ones that are, I mean, the the, the one extreme end, New York Ripper, that there really isn't many others than that in the genre. But yeah. then another end, like honestly, in Macabre, it's it's not. There's not really that gore there. It's more of like a suspenseful thing, but it's still a good movie. So you can kind of go from one end of the uh, spectrum to the other. Like you could get like very sleazy and gory with it, and the other end you're not getting any sleaze or gore. Yes. So it's like finagling your way through. If you, you find out shit you like, like I like this style, it's can be a, kind of some fucking work to find more movies like that that fit that style. That you might find some shit like, oh, this is in that genre. This kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, but there's no downside to digging. And oh, you're no, going to no, come no. across duds, but it was a fucking uh, uh, a journey well traveled. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just with music, same thing. Right, I mean, you're gonna catch some fucking duds, but you're gonna find that one band that you were actually looking for, and you're like, "Fucking well, it was worth it." And then, well, hey, I got to check these guys out too. Thing is, I haven't done that with music in so long, and I kind of miss it. I used to do that when I was younger. I'm sure you're the same way, dude. Oh yeah, I used to do that all the fucking time. MySpace came around. Oh yeah, I I was 
just hunting bands on there. Yeah. Finding some, like, who the fuck are these guys? I don't know. They look cool. They have fucking writing in a circle with a black and white image in the middle. They must be a sweet cross band. Like, this was, like, that's how I found so many fucking bands. And then you find a band you liked, and you look at their fucking friends list to find bands that they're friends with, and that's... Dude, MySpace is a, a fucking day gone by. Like, nobody... If you weren't there for that shit, you're not actually going to understand when people, like, talk oh. about MySpace. That yeah. shit was fucking amazing it for was. music. It really was. Yeah. It's like, uh, like what, what are these guys called? I guess it doesn't matter. Big Upside Down Cross. Cool <laughs> band. <laughs> you know, it's like awesome. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, no, with, like, with, that, with the Jallo thing. Yeah, man. Uh, Bay of Blood is a Jallo film that kick-started the slasher genre. It did. It basically took it to a level I of was shit wrong that was that. not done at that point. Like, a visceral level. Yeah, well, I went back and listened to the episode and the way you worded it. You were like, imagine Halloween and Black Christmas never existed. And this movie happened. And I'm like, okay. And I did that. And I'm like, it's a Jallo film. But it just happens to be set in a wooded area where they're offing teenagers one by one that are partying and smoking pot and drinking. And I'm like... Okay, so if you erase what came after it and it never happened, it's a just a Jallo that came out in the early 70s. But then some other people were inspired by it and it spawned a separate genre of slasher films. The Bay of Blood is just a fucking movie that took it out of yes, what it was known for yeah, and took it to a fucking different area. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And fucking Cunningham... <laughs> pillaged it. Yeah. Like, you don't. So you're saying you don't remember saying like the the New York Ripper thing? I promise. No, I said I think I mentioned that in the last episode. I'm like, you keep saying I say that, but okay. I promise you did. And then you and then you can. But but I said I did the same thing with Bay of Blood. And Bay of Blood might be my favorite of all time. And I, I, clearly, you love the New York Rippers. So. One of my favorite movies. It is. So. It's like top three Fulci for me. And I promise I would not steer anybody, including you, the wrong way, by saying there was a point in time that you said that New York Ripper <laughs> film. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait. But now that we've cleared that up, The Boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Oh, the ultimate October movie. Oh, my God, dude, that's like the best ever. The Fog, The Blob, The Original Hills Have Eyes, Halloween 2, 4, 5, Saving 1 and 3 for... Closer to Halloween. Night of the Creeps. That Chucky series is coming out on sci-fi. Yeah, I've uh, heard people talk about it. I could care less, but I did pop in the first Child's Play the other day to uh, watch it. And that's pretty much all I've been watching besides hockey. Red Wing season started, so I'm peppering in movies around hockey season. So that's what I've been watching. Um and then the Halloween Kills thing happened, so I've been kind of trying to popping in the uh, old Halloween tapes and shit. Still need to check out Halloween Kills. Just check it out. I just renewed my Peacock. Well, Survivor Series is coming up, so I'm going to do the whole uh, watch Halloween Kills thing, I guess. So, But, yeah, that's all I've been watching, man. Oh, yeah. So. I mean, it's more of a listen I had. It's all just, it's October. I'm just throwing tapes in. And most of them start with the word the. You know, we got the boogeyman, the the fog, the blob, the hills have eyes. 
I'm just going with the classics. I always go with the classics, but I am saving Night of the Living Dead 68 and uh, Halloween 1, Halloween 3 for like closer to like the weekend of. So I usually go that route. Maybe the Am- Amityville Horror, the original. I that's, that's You can't go wrong. It's classic. Or maybe Carrie or I don't know. You know you know what I'm saying. The Psycho. The Psycho? Psycho. The Carrie? The Carrie, yeah. You had the... Yeah. The the. The who? <laughs> the the. So. But yeah, man, that's all I got, man. Yeah, I don't think I really had any more to add to anything. I think we uh, pretty much hit all bases. Yep. Uh, so yeah, you guys, uh, to wrap this up, check out Tombs of the Blind Dead 1972. Arguably released in 73, depending on what part of the planet you live on. <laughs> Uh, and uh, check out the new Acid Witch split with Volt Wraith thank you very much Acid Witch for putting us in your special thanks you'll probably never know how much I appreciate that and Jared shares my enthusiasm on that not judging by the tone of my voice we will see you fucking next time hell yeah guys alright see ya Thank you.